Hey Sylvia, I've just listened to your letter and um, yeah, I thought no procrastination, I'm going to respond right away. Um, so here I am. And uh, yeah, thank you for that. It's really nice to hear your voice. I agree that it would be good to, to pick up where we left off. And again, it was me who kind of fell off the grid for a bit. Um, one reason is, you know, I was trying to finish going over that translation of A Strange Woman by Leila Arbil. And I really, you know, got caught up in my perfectionism, which there is no perfection in translation, of course. Um, I, I'm I'm never sure if it's really the right... <laughs> I mean, I love doing it on the one hand, but you know, it's uh, it's such a it's such a hard job, um, and uh, particularly challenging for someone like me who has a hard time making decisions sometimes. Um, and you know, and you're often faced with these decisions where, well, not often. I mean, you know, there's no right or wrong. It's a matter of preference, and that's that's. That's kind of tough, but I, I hope I've done it justice and I have sent it off. And now I'm behind on writing the the <laughs> translator's preface. But uh, yeah, I hope to finish that this weekend. And then, uh, you know, within a couple of years, everybody can read it in English. Uh, yeah. So that's one thing. So I found that just during this, I don't know, I, I felt like I was having... A lot of issues multitasking I mean doing all of the agency stuff on the one hand and then trying to finish this and um, I have it's not a huge big deal but I've had this issue with the bank here anyways they for no reason with no justification suddenly cut me off without letting me know and I couldn't withdraw money or use my credit card and then I had to go into this and anyways I've it's now become a, a little bit of a legal a, maybe a legal battle um and yeah it's pretty odd because it's there's really no explanation I did get my money so um that's that's a positive but I still you know uh it it, it wasn't it wasn't right so I, I do want some kind of explanation and they still haven't provided one so anyways that was just a source of frustration and and uh kind of kept me busy and just upset for a while anywho so that's kind of the negative one positive thing that has happened recently is that I you know rented this place on one of the prince's islands here so I've been going back and forth and and uh really you know so I, I spent a full week there this past week and just got back today and I've actually been very productive there. I've been very behind on kind of reading things that have come in and stuff and really caught up on that. And it's just wonderful to have Tila, you know, just out with there. I never put a leash on her and she just runs around and she actually comes on runs with me there, which I never really do here. And now I feel bad about it because she's great for, you know, six, seven kilometers at least. And uh, she she does like to take breaks and hop in the water, even though I think it's much too cold. And then I, and then I, I I get afraid she'll get a cold or something. <laughs> but I don't know. I you know she's she's her own dog, so 
I let her have to let her do what she does. But uh, yeah, I don't know where the, it's still that. Where is the time going? And it's it's crazy now. We're just starting a new quote unquote lockdown here this weekend. But it's 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 been pretty funny on social media. A lot of people have been making fun of it because they the way they the way the government's described it is so just roundabout that it's kind of difficult to decipher who's allowed to go where when. Um, and it also just kind of seems like they want to seem like they're really trying, but they're so afraid of, you know, hurting the economy and certain aspects of it that they can't do too much because then they would have to, I, I mean, well, they should be even with the, the current restrictions they they should be offering some kind of compensation, but, uh, they're not right now. So I don't know what's in store for us. You know, and and uh, we've had more uh, devaluations of the currency, and so we're all even poorer than we were <laughs> a couple of months ago now. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. There was also um, this, so, you know, after all, so there's all these devaluations, and, you know, the Minister of the Economy here is, is Erdogan's son-in-law, and so he's been taking a lot of a lot of shit for it of course and uh you know he just says well because he, he talks about the economy without referring to any foreign currencies and he you know his his whole spiel is that well they don't care about dollars and euros they live in turkey so why should anyone else care about it which is you know a pretty blatant display of ignorance about how the world economy works so anyways, last weekend, I don't know if you've heard about this or if, I don't know. I don't think it's been made a big splash in the international press, but the son-in-law resigned from his position via an Instagram post and uh, which had actually a lot of grammatical errors that people <laughs> were going on and on about. It was pretty entertaining. And then but his his Twitter account was immediately erased and then there were some rumors that maybe he'd been hacked and then then there was a tweet where somebody claimed he had definitely been hacked and then it was revealed that that tweet was actually not real and it was just kind of crazy and and uh and then for two days there was no minister of the economy and the turkish lira immediately gained a little bit of value so people were saying you know no minister is better than <laughs> this guy uh, anyways, so it's been, you know, a bit chaotic, but in the meantime, you know, well, the the, Amer the U.S. elections, we don't need to go into, but at least, uh, I'm, I was, I was, I was prepared for the worst, and I think it, it wasn't, well, it wasn't the worst, um, it certainly could have been a lot better, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, so, and other than that, you know, I've read, I haven't read a whole lot that's excited me. So I'm very curious to read now Jenny Val's latest for sure. So let me get my hands on that. And uh, so we can talk about that. And Ali Smith, I should give another go uh, at some point. That's, that's, that's an, that's an author I've uh, neglected a bit, I must say. Um, of the things I've read recently, you know, I, I finally, I finally read, um, my autobiography of Carson McCullers, which I think we talked about, um, at some point, and 
I I really liked it. I felt like it was it, it's the kind of book. Well, I mean, maybe it's vain to say it's the kind of book I would write if I <laughs> could sit down and write properly. So, um, you know, this it's um, sorry, yeah, by Jen Chaplin, and published by Tin House. You, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of Carson McCullers, of course, and in fact, I think you know Carson McCullers and Flannery O'Connor two of you know my big favorites even though apparently they weren't fans of one another um I think they're both brilliant but uh yeah this the my autobiography my autobiography of Carson McCullers was just very interesting to you know read this interwoven narrative of an, an author you know just being so curious about really i mean th- this author's sexuality and um and you know reading all these other biographies which glossed over it so much and and knowing having read her fiction you know this author think there's something here and i've had the same feeling and and i think you know you don't necessarily have to be um gay to have this feeling i think it's that you know she's a brilliant describer of outsiders but there's also this you know the tomboy the the uh, uh is, is a is a pretty major figure and uh yeah you just you get this sense and uh so i just love because i have you know similar obsessions <laughs> where i think you know you 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 just want these things to be confirmed somehow because you feel there's this kindred spirit in there and you feel like you've put your finger on it, but how to really figure that out. So it's, yeah, a fascinating book of kind of an investigation into an author and and the author herself at the same time. Um, and yeah, I, I really, uh, I really appreciated it. And uh, other things I read, actually, I was, I was also kind of uh, locked myself up rereading an author that that I represent, which is Zavan Bibirian, who's an Armenian author, who I sadly can only read in Turkish translation. But, um, you know, he's kind of this this modern classic of, kind of the modern classic of 20th century Western Armenian literature. And I, you know, worked on his books before, and then I sat and I read, and so I reread him and was just confirmed that, yeah, he's a pretty freaking great author. So was working on that and and one author that he's compared to is Thomas Bernhardt so I also um, read Thomas Bernhardt for the first time and I read him actually in Turkish translation um, and the book is let's see uh, in German it's Holzfelden eine Erregung and apparently it's been translated into English twice and I would love to see the two different translation so once in 1987 by David McClintock and was published as Woodcutters and in 1988 by Ewald Osers and titled Cutting Timber and Irritation and I think the irritation bit is is kind of key so that was uh <laughs> interesting to see I mean you know it also just sheds light on good lord you know that you could woodcutters and cutting timber and irritation there's so many ways to translate things but um, I think what what these two authors have in common are, are what I got from having read one book by Thomas Bernard, I should say, is just their kind of overwhelming pessimism and just how they really 
um, just go after everything, you know, they can, they're really just ripping everything apart. Um, I would say the Bernhardt, this, this book, it's one paragraph. It's just one evening of this guy, all of his thoughts. And at first I thought this is this, I don't know, this is going to be hard to get into, but it was extremely compelling. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 uh, I I I want to read some more Thomas Bernhardt now, um, and I think I do like I have a great appreciation for figures and narrators who are just critical about everything. I mean, I hesitate to say cynical. I think I don't know cynicism gets a bad name, but um, yeah, let's say critical. So similarly, like Zavan Bibirian um, is. You know, I think a lot of people, maybe every people have heard of, you know, the Armenian genocide, of course. Um, some things that Zavan Bibirian refers to in, in his books are, uh, you know, there was also a pogrom against the Christian community here in the 1950s. Um, and during, in 1940, what was it? Well, in the early 1940s the uh, Christian population was made to kind of enlisted technically into service. Um, But instead of military service, they were sent to build railroads and roads. And this could, you know, they could be away for three years or so. Um, And it coincides so with this, this novel that called The Dusk of the Ants that I was rereading and kind of focusing on. The protagonist has been away doing this service, and when he comes back, there's been the what they call the wealth tax that was imposed here again against Christian and Jewish business owners. Um, just this exorbitant tax that a lot of them couldn't pay, and when they couldn't pay it in full, they were also made to go to work camps. So, um, but. I mean, whatever the justification at the time, apparent justification. I mean, ultimately, it was it was really to shift money, you know, out of the hands of non-Muslim communities or people and into the hands of Muslims. So, anyway, it covers all of this, which I thought was kind of, I mean, it's always sadly a bit timely in this world, right? Um, these these kinds of issues. So, yeah, that was. Uh, that's kind of what he's looking at. Oh, right. And and what what he does that uh, I really appreciate is he's not he's not just looking at these people as victims, you know, of history. And then, I mean, kind of and you have, you know, as might happen in these narratives, you have the good Turks and the bad Turks and this, that and the other. And there's kind of this nostalgic aspect to before these disasters happen, whereas Zavan Bibirian is just critical of everyone and he really rips apart the family which I completely appreciate <laughs> but also you know he's critical of the 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 Armenian community but also obviously the Turkish state and government and kind of um yeah just so many things and he's just a really good writer so yeah between Zoven, Thomas Bernhardt um and yeah, the Carson McCullers, my autobiography, my autobiography of Carson McCullers are the better things I've read recently. Um, I've read some things I'm not that crazy about, so I won't go into those. But 
Yeah. And I haven't really watched much, I have to say. Um, I I watched Ratchet because everybody watched Ratchet. I hated Ratchet, so I don't know. It's like my my film version of Normal People or something. <laughs> the thing that everybody seems to like that I hate, but we'll see what, uh, you know, who history proves right or wrong, whatever that means. So, yeah, and then... Yeah, I haven't really, I've spent, well, because also my credit card wasn't working, of course, I got kicked off of Netflix and Prime and all of that, so I haven't had access to a whole lot here. I will say what I did is at one point I rewatched Carol, and I don't know, I mean, and and that was kind of, well, after Ratchet, I wanted, I, I don't know, I just felt like I wanted to go back and see what a highly lauded um, I mean, one is a series, mini-series, well, series, actually, I guess it's going to continue, and one is a film, but kind of a highly lauded story that centers around um, a lesbian relationship, uh, what it looked like, and I'd read about it recently anyways, and I watched it, and I thought, okay, it's okay, but, you know, it, it, it you put it next to, uh, or compare it to Portrait of a Lady on Fire, or, you know, my other personal favorite um, disobedience, and I think it really pales in comparison, actually, and I, I might take a lot of shit for that, but, well, you know, I don't know, I mean, it's okay, it's just go, it's not, but I don't, I, I didn't think it was, didn't think it was that great, actually, so, and believe it or not, I've never seen Beetlejuice, maybe I should watch Beetlejuice, I've, I've missed out on a lot of these kind of perennial classics, like, I've never seen any of the Star Wars, um, I know that's one that's always shocking to people, and then I say, oh, no, I'm going to watch them, and then for some reason I never do. I don't know why. I really should. Anyways, okay, I've gone on for quite some time now. So, yeah, these are the these are the things that come to mind immediately, Sylvia. Um, so this is me talking completely off the cuff, not taking copious notes and trying to keep on... <laughs> Keep, keep, what is the word? It's not on schedule, not on the agenda. What's, what is the word? There's a word. I'm not finding the word. Anyways, this is why I take notes, so I don't talk like this, right? Yeah, okay. Anyways, um, yeah, and please keep sending Vera's art. It's very impressive. I think, uh, yeah, you got something there. And did you ever get my card? You know, I sent a card to, to the both of you. I hope you got it. I hope it's not lost somewhere. Anyway, okay, it's great to hear from you, and yeah, let's keep this going and get the ball rolling again, and yeah. All right, miss you, love you, take care, bye-bye.